This is now the second meditation coming to us online on a Sunday morning. This is uh, mostly because I, uh, Nathan, am away this Sunday. Uh, we'll still carry on church services as normal here, but I'll be in a different place at this time. I hope that these things that we put online are, are never uh, a replacement for our gathering of worship. It's very important for God's people to gather together specifically to worship God. Uh, but I hope that these things that, uh, that are put online here are a help to us, that they add to our worship um, in, a, in a different way, that this meditation will be different than listening to a sermon then. Uh, a meditation um, as we do this here together, uh, what we're doing is really mulling over something, really pondering it, really thinking then about it, to really sink into it. So this time, this meditation comes from uh, Psalm 1. The psalmist writes this in verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. It's a pretty serious statement there at the end, that he meditates day and night on God's law, and that meditation actually brings him delight. That sounds strange, that thinking about law would bring us delight. You know, does it bring me delight to think about paying taxes? Or does it bring me delight to think about following the speed limit or, or think about property regulations? That sounds very bizarre in some ways. And we know that the law of, of man or of, of human government is sometimes good and sometimes uh, less than good or even bad. But the law of God is always good and righteous. But even knowing that, knowing that his law is good, sometimes it feels strange to think that it would bring us delight. I think it helps us to see the rest of the psalm then. In verse 3, he, this, this righteous man who's meditating on God's law, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Basically, what he's saying is that the wicked will blow away. They're like seed husks without even any seed anymore that just get carried away like the wind that are perishing. But the righteous, in contrast, the one who delights in the law of God, which, which can only come by the grace of Jesus, the righteous one then is like a, a, a tree planted by water with leaves and fruit, and that tree then prospers. That's what delight in God's law does for us. Now, why? I think it helps us to think of what we've historically called the three uses of the law. 
And I think of these as really three pictures that help me to, to get a grip on this. One is that the law is like a mirror, that when we hold up the law in front of ourselves, it reflects us so that we can see ourselves and really see our own sin. And this is something that would uh, help us to see our need and produce dependence upon Jesus, uh, drive us to Jesus for, for help, for grace, for mercy. So the law is like a mirror in that sense. The second use is that the law is like a wall, that it doesn't completely stop us, but at least holds us back from the things on the other side that are unholy, that are against the law. It restrains sin in us and in society. We have laws for that to keep uh, back what we consider to be bad. So the law is like a mirror for ourselves, a wall uh, for society, but it's also like a window and when we look through the window of the law, we can see the heart of God. To meditate on the law, then, is to really see what God loves. To see the good ways that a good God wants for us. And in that context, it makes a lot more sense that delighting in his law to meditate on it day and night would make us like a tree planted by streams of water because we're really drawing close to the Lord as we do this. There are many, many laws in the Bible, and it would take us far too long to sift through these uh, now. But the most famous, uh, the most well-known a part of God's law is the Ten Commandments. Um, these are each worth their own meditation, each of the ten. But I think it's good then, as we're focusing our meditation, to just center ourselves on the first of the Ten Commandments. The opening of the Ten Commandments, the Lord says this, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. That's the context in which he's setting up this law. He's saying, I am your rescuer. I am your savior. I see you and I care for you. So then out of that comes his first law or first command here, which is this. You shall have no other gods before me. Hmm. I'm just sitting here now with that in my mind. That the Lord says, don't have any other gods but me. My first reaction as I think about that is, is similar to what I think many others is that I, a part of me goes, but wait, isn't this very selfish? You know, if someone walked up to me and said, you should have no friends but me, that would be very bad and unhealthy. And so how is this good? How is this delight? How is this like a tree near a stream of water? as a dig underneath this, it really matters in life what our gods are. And whether we have gods with official names and religions 
or whether we make gods in the form of idols of work or success or relationships or a, a marital partner or, or whatever it is, we all have gods. And those gods rule us. They're the things that really drive us. And so when the Lord says, don't have any gods but me, don't have any gods before me, I will be your only God. That's actually a kindness for him to say that because he is a good God, a powerful God and a holy God, but also a merciful God and a God who really loves other gods rule us in different ways. And it's frightening to think of this as the reality because we become like the things we worship. We become like the things we think on. We become like the things we meditate upon. And so if these are things other than God, they are slowly taking us apart. And these other gods are making us less human even. It's good then for the Lord to remind us that he is to be our God and our only God that he would be the one then that would transform us. We know that we don't ever become God, but that he's making us like himself. He is a good God, and through his good law is producing in us holiness, righteousness, goodness, truth, peace, justice, and all that is good in his world. I want that. I want to become like that. I want us to become like that. That's my meditation this morning. To delight in the law of God and through it to really see the heart of God himself. Lord, help me and us to meditate on your law day and night to really think on these things regularly so that we would become like trees planted by rivers of rushing water and that we would blossom with good fruit that redeems your world. Help us, O oh God, we pray. We ask all of this through the grace, mercy, and righteousness of our Lord Jesus. Amen.